Welcome to the Brain Hickey Podcast, resources for marketers and entrepreneurs to help you leave a long-lasting mark on your audience, what I call a brain hickey. I'm your host, Adam Benzman. Hey, thanks again for tuning into the Brain Hickey Podcast. I just hopped off the phone with a colleague of mine named Chris. Chris, if you're listening, big shout out. Thank you for the inspiration today. So Chris and I chatted, and he's a fellow digital marketer, and we both kind of had this this moment where we're like, what are we doing? You know, what's going on with the world of digital marketing? And trends are changing so incredibly fast that it's it's damn near impossible to keep up. And the reason is it seems that the learning curve and the savviness of consumers is trending to they know what the hell's going on. There's not things that we can sneak by them anymore. So Chris and I are sitting on the phone and, and, and Chris does some Facebook advertising stuff too. And I'm like, man, you know, what's funny is like video was the up and coming thing, right? Video ads were everywhere and people wanted video on Facebook. But there's something that's that's happened with uh, consumers where their attention span, which was already that of a squirrel, is now that of a gnat. It's just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Meanwhile, it shrinks. There seems to be more and more marketers that are emerging. And I always joked, and for all the marketers on here, you'll probably resonate with this. How do you become a marketer? You look at yourself in the mirror and you decide you're a marketer and you start a website, right? There's no barrier to entry. So as more and more marketers and more and more gurus and more and more people that have the whole world figured out and tell you how to buy Rolexes and Lamborghinis on online, you know, they, they're oversaturating um, our news feeds and, and the whole social media interactions are getting so diluted and people, I can't even tell you how many times in the last month I've heard people say, God, I'm getting so frustrated with social media. So I told you in my, my one of my last podcasts, there's a, a new company out there, newer, called Sofrep, S-O-F-R-E-P. And their subscription service that sends you tactical gear, it's gated, catered towards men in order to the survival or firearm world, and they send you a tactical gear a box, right? Subscription service monthly. And all of a sudden, I see in their newsfeed, um, in my newsfeed, it's, it's just like a random dude's name, some guy. And he's sitting there, and it looks like he's putting together, you know, he's a YouTuber type of thing. He's filming himself opening up this, this SoFrep box. And he's like, man, this SoFrep thing's awesome. I got my subscription. Look what's inside. And then he goes into the soft sell explaining how to get started. Then you look under his name, and it says sponsored. So it's clearly an angle of affiliate marketing. Right? Excuse me, not affiliate marketing, influencer marketing. So I, I'm a marketer. I get it. But here's the thing. Most consumers now get it. They look at this. They see through it. So my wife follows like five or six fitness people online. Uh, she's very fitness oriented, and she she follows these YouTubers and Instagrammers, and she gets ideas and and workout routines and all this stuff. And she she sits down with me over dinner, and we're chatting. She goes, Adam, I noticed that five of the YouTubers I watch all got the exact same electronic toothbrush, and they're doing these promos on it, and everybody is talking about it. So she is not a marketer, but she sees this stuff. She's like, this is fishy, right? It, it's not organic. Everybody's being paid and bought off. And meanwhile, rounding my this dialogue back to my conversation with Chris, video was so huge, right? It was hot. It was up and coming. YouTube sensations were everywhere. The, the video platform got taken into to Snapchat, into Instagram. And now almost every single video ad that I've seen on Facebook 
does not perform. I got off the phone with someone, it's actually a band with a very incredible music video. And they say, Adam, our, our view rate on the video is like literally seconds. But if you listen to the song, I, I literally had the song up and playing on the background of my computer for, I don't know, I listen to like two, three times a day. It's really good music, but video, people don't have the attention span for video. So what do we do as marketers? We've got this trend of, of shrinking attention span while saturation is just becoming uh, obscene, right? Our news feeds are just ads and ads and ads and ads and half are relevant and half aren't. And more marketers are coming to the table with products to sell. And ironically, as a marketer, I'm sure your newsfeed is filled with marketers selling products to marketers to help them sell online. Um, so what do we do? How do we battle for attention? Authenticity. It's amazing. People just are developing this lack of trust, a strong distaste for company claims because anybody online can say anything. I remember years ago, back when AOL first started, right? It's kind of like the first interface of getting online and chatting with people in Instant Messenger. You know, if you read something online, it was gold, right? Because we were so used to going to a library where there was some some filtering of, uh, you know, not to say that every book ever written is is legitimate, but there was a certain esteem held upon things that were published because there were uh, there's money involved, right? There's a lot of money that goes into publishing a book and promoting it and distributing it, and there is a trust for books. Now anyone can write a book, anyone can write a blog, anyone can post anything online, and any companies can make any claims. And people aren't stupid; they keep seeing new companies popping up left and right. It's funny because I'm launching a company as we speak, or not a company, a product line, and anyone can do it very fast because the end the barrier to entry is very low. So our, our trending consumers that see through this stuff now have an inherent distrust for companies. Is it legit? Have they been around? Where are they? Are they local, meaning in the US or not? Are they in my state? Are they going to be around? Is this product legit? Is this a one hit wonder? Are they going to be gone? And, and people just inherently don't trust other brands. So who do they turn to? And this goes back to what I talked about in my last podcast, they look at their peers. Have other people bought this? They're looking for social proof. And what's interesting is there's people that, that that use reviews in different ways. Some people look at reviews, and I talk to people about this all the time. It's, it's great. They say, when I go online to buy something, the first thing I look at is the reviews. So ask yourself, when you see reviews, do you look at the good reviews or the bad reviews first? Everybody's different. I'm one of those people that I look at the bad reviews and then I read those. I don't care about the good reviews because if there's a lot of them, there is, in my opinion, truth in numbers. If there's a few reviews, I say, hey, maybe this guy's kind of, you know, prime the tip jar, so to speak. He had his friends or his family or whatever, just write some reviews to just get some traction. But if I see a ton of reviews, there's truth in numbers. And all of a sudden, my sense of that social proof increases. I say, hey, these guys know what they're doing and other people are satisfied. But why I like to read the bad reviews is I want to see if this person is legit or not. Now, my favorite is you're on Amazon, you're looking at a product and there's like, you know, it's all four or five stars. There's like a couple three stars and then there's like two one stars. I read the one stars. What's the deal? Am I going to get that, that bum product that this person got? And they're like, ordered it, but I ordered a color I didn't like or 
great product, but I ordered the wrong size. Or something, you know, if there was like a free return policy or the wrong size, you send it back. You're like, love it, but I ordered a medium and it was size too wrong. Like, who cares? They took care of it, right? So I read the negative reviews first. Funny. Ask yourself, what do you do? Are you reading the good reviews or the bad reviews? But all of a sudden, instead of turning to the brand, you're on Amazon, you're you're so you're somewhere and you stumble upon a product, especially in, in Facebook, right? Anybody can launch a product and start running Facebook ads tomorrow, today, in an hour. It doesn't matter. If you have a credit card, you can run a Facebook ad. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. As long as the ad meets their the Facebook ad compliance, it can be up there. So now the barrier to entry to even be in marketing is gone. I mean, it's just like boom, anybody can do it. And instead of going to the company website of the product on Amazon or the product that goes up in your newsfeed, people are Googling the words company name or product name with the word reviews after it. And they're wanting to see what other people are saying about this brand. So the attention in our world is shifting from what a brand is saying about themselves to what people are saying about the brand. Because in this day and age, everybody wants to share their opinion. I mean, look at Facebook. Facebook is filled. I'm just like getting super frustrated with Facebook, right? It's everybody voicing their opinion. Everybody feels like they're important. And whether they had a good or experience or bad experience, and unfortunately, a lot of times, it's people just ranting on Facebook. They're, they're venting. So we now live in an era where it has never been easier to broadcast your opinion of a product or service. Now, remember the, the golden era of the infomercials. There was no internet in review sites to put up your opinion of these products, which, by the way, I've bought stuff from these infomercials before. Some of it's cool, but let's be honest. A lot of it's garbage. A lot of it's junk, right? They're made in, they're made to, to, to be as cheap as they can to sell on an impulse buy, and they don't really last. And again, blanket statement. But my point is, we all know that product. We've all experienced or touched that product to some degree. And, and, and now... Back then, you buy it, people weren't happy, no one knows. So there was this lag time, right? The word needed to kind of travel the old telephone method where you tell one person in there, you're in it. Literally, is word of mouth. Like actual word of mouth, back when word of mouth meant word of mouth, not word of online or review sites or Google reviews or whatever it is. But now, I mean, it can be instant. And it, what's here's a, a side anecdote. I'm sorry I'm getting so excited about this, but it really works me up. I had a, a, a customer of ours back when I was in the uh, in-home sales industry, and I had one complaint that came up on the Better Business Bureau. Do you know what the complaint was? The my, my representative showed up late. They dinged our Better Business Bureau because the guy was late. Okay, funny, right? So that was this customer's way of explaining her frustration is to jump on and voice her opinion because it's never been easier. So now before somebody even finishes either buying a product or using it, they can start voicing their opinion. But consumers who are smarter now say, I don't trust you, Adam. I don't care who you are or what you're selling. I want to hear what people are saying about your product. And where does that happen? That happens in reviews. So one of my clients, and I think I mentioned this last week, they get actually a decent amount of leads in sales from Yelp. And Yelp, especially in the digital marketing world, is like low rung on the ladder. Not a lot of online companies get business from Yelp. And they're an online company. They do apartment locating services. Uh, so Yelp, they get their their business because they're very, very highly rated on, on Yelp, both with a large quantity, large number of reviews, and quality of reviews. So if you're an online business, you're representing an online business, and even if you're a brick and mortar business, here's the thing. 
the most important thing for your online reputation is your reviews. It's what people are saying about you. So you need two things. You need more reviews and you need more good reviews. Okay. Now here's the big question. Well, where do I push those reviews? How do I get those reviews? So number one, you need to ask yourself where, where are reviews important to me? And, and there's other people, there's other companies. There's a ton of companies out there actually doing this. Uh, it's actually one of the companies that, that I'm in the middle of launching, um, which is Chitter, chitter.reviews, C-H-I-T-T-E-R.reviews, and, and you can check it out and, and get a demo. Uh, but at any rate, some people are going after reviews for SEO, for on-page SEO purposes, right? It, it's media-rich, it's geolocated, all this good stuff. I don't care about that because my opinion of the SEO thing is, Eh, I don't know. It's important in some industries. That's not circles I play in. What I think is important is building social proof. So here you are building social proof. Where is that important? Is it important online? Is it important on Google, Facebook, Yelp, Angie's List? Do you have like a, you know, my, one of my family members I was out hiking with this weekend. He's a, my, he's a dentist. Okay. And there are people that find his practice through one of these like I don't, I've never heard of it because I don't search for dentists online because uh, I have a family member who's a dentist, but there's like a dental central and you can you can see the reviews. So what's important is getting that online reputation enhanced in the areas that best serve your business, typically where people are going to be vetting your company against the competitors and looking on the popular sites. Now, if you're selling Facebook ads, for example, and you've got the perfect say, Facebook ad funnel and you want to start a membership site like every other person right now, you're going to want to have good ads on your Facebook page because if you're selling Facebook ads on Facebook, people are probably going to be reviewing you on Facebook because they found you on Facebook. Likewise, if you're a local restaurant, you're going to want uh, you're going to want reviews on Google. Why? Because people will type in Mexican food and then the town or whatever it is, and, and, and they're going to see on Google Maps how you rank. So you need to ask yourself for your company or if you're a marketer, the companies you serve. Where are you getting those reviews? Excuse me, where, where are people vetting you out? And then how can I channel more reviews there? And the first thing I'll tell you is do it via email and do it with authenticity. Ask people for reviews. It's ultimately that simple. Now with Chitter, the company that my friend Brett and I are, are launching is a turnkey funnel that is 100% copywritten with a bunch of different triggers in it. All a company has to do is enter an email address once and we channel reviews, filter good reviews from bad reviews, and then only ask your happiest customers for referrals. So we can enhance your online reputation. You've got some internal notifications that happen when people write bad reviews. So you can kind of take up with them everything offline and it's pretty sharp. But I'm not saying you need to do business with us. I'm just telling you that the option's there. There's a lot of people doing this. We took a very different angle and ultimately what we're trying to do whether people buy from us or not, is to help people enhance their online reputation to shift the world of marketing back to that to that of one of trust and social credibility. So I leave you with this. Here's a takeaway from today's podcast. For your business or the business that you serve, determine the most valuable place to enhance an online reputation. Is it Facebook? Is it Google? Is it Angelus? Is it Yelp? Is it a niche site for the niche industries that serve you or lead gen service like Home Advisor for the, the home services industry? Find out what that is and start to tap into your customer database and ask every single customer for a review. It's ultimately that simple. So now, once they write reviews, revisit last week's podcast. I talked about transforming your marketing, excuse me, your reviews into marketing assets. Hear what your customers have to say because it's really profound. They may describe your product or service in a way that you never even thought of. So I just hopped off the phone 
um, after I talked with Chris, I got on with a, with a potential client for writing uh, an entire website. They're rebranding, repositioning themselves. So I'm talking to this gentleman. His name is Scott. Okay, so Scott says, hey, this is what we do. And he, he gave me this blanket statement, which is their central positioning and their, and their differentiator. Okay. And I said, I asked Scott this one question. I say, Scott, is this the most important part of your business? And he goes, yes, absolutely. This is our central differentiator. And he called it vendor neutral. Okay. So that probably, you said, what does that mean? That was my response. And I said, hey, Scott, does everybody know that what vendor neutral means? And he goes, no, not really. I have to explain it. And I said, Scott, it's being explained wrong then. We need to find a better way, a stronger way to explain vendor neutral. So what do you do? You listen to what your customers are saying and how they're explaining it. It's amazing. Go read through your reviews and you're going to find some some gems of information of how people describe what you do because they are your target market. They're going to know better than anybody on how to describe what you do better than you will ever even think to describe it. So if you don't believe me, go hop on to some other companies' websites and and take a look at, at their website and then go look up their reviews on Google or Facebook or wherever, and you're going to see how the customers are describing the product or services. So once you start harnessing these reviews and collecting them and you're going to get more of them, you're building that social proof in, again, truth in numbers uh, and building that credibility and letting people uh, write your marketing assets for you. So you're going to be able to take that snippet of information and put that into your Facebook ad, put that into your email marketing and let people see what people are saying about your brand. You're building credibility. So you're really building assets in multiple, multiple different avenues and you're going to start to drive those no-brainer sales. Um, Quick example. I finished up with Scott on the phone and we had this, you know, I told him, I said, hey, you know, my, uh, your website has has a bio of, of 10 people. There's 10 people in their company, but the existing website, which is being rebranded, only shows two employees. What's interesting is when I jump on a website and I see two people, my perceptions are a certain way. I say, hey, there's two people in this business. It usually means they're smaller, maybe they're newer, I don't know. But the minute I see 10 employees, there's instant credibility. And the funny thing is, is it doesn't matter how many, you know, if these people actually know what they're doing or if they're scamming people, but but the the idea of, of social proof, of credibility, automatically in my mind, my perception changes. I say, hey, these people are established. They have 10 employees or more. And that's why when you're sitting in sales demos, which I've had the privilege of doing countless times, the first thing that salespeople are taught is to build credibility on the company, right? They're saying, hey, well, we're established. We were established in 1992 or 1978, and we have 700 employees in 1,700 different offices in four states and six countries or whatever it is. But the point is, is that that immediately alters your perception. And there's no different, and it alters your perception of the company in a good way. It's credibility. And it's the same thing that reviews do, that people see five-star rated on Amazon. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you hopped on Amazon and bought something on one click and you searched, uh, let's say, USB microphone? I'm talking to one right now for the podcast. I bought this one because I searched USB microphone. I looked at the top rated one, the most reviews. Those are the two factors, highest rated, highest amount of reviews, and I bought indiscriminately. I didn't care. My my mic had like 3,000 reviews you know, what can go wrong? Four and a half star rating, no brainer sale. Now, every piece of, and uh, anytime you're going to add more reviews, add good reviews, you're building those assets, you're going to drive those no brainer sales. So that's the, that's the message. That's the takeaway. 
our consumers are smart. They're savvy to it. They inherently don't trust us. Our marketplace is overcrowded and their attention span is shrinking. So get more reviews, build that social proof and start to transform those, those reviews into your marketing assets and, and make sure that those assets are distributed in the channels where your clients or potential clients are vetting you against your competitors. Hey, that's all we got for this week's podcast. We broke a record today. We almost hit 20 minutes. I usually keep these pretty short, but I got pretty fired up today. So, hey, thanks again for tuning in. Hey, thanks again for listening. Access all your supplementary podcast goodies at brainhickey.com. Don't forget to click subscribe for new episode alerts. And hey, if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This is Adam Benzman signing off the Brain Hickey Podcast.